Exploding, violence flaring, bullets loading. You're old enough to kill, but not for voting. You don't believe in war, but what's that gun you're toting? And even the Jordan River has bodies floating, but you tell me. You understand what I'm trying to say? Can't you feel the fears I'm feeling today? If the button is pushed, there's no running away. There'll be no one to save with the world in a grave. Take a look around you, boy. It's bound to scare you, boy. And you tell me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Armchair Survivalist, Kurt Wilson. Today is July the 25th in the year 2021. If uh, if you go to armchairsurvivalist.com, you can see all the different ways uh, to listen to me. You can see the archives that you can download. You can see how you can go in the chat room and talk to people, all that good stuff. I'm not even going to waste any more time with this. I am so pissed right now. You would not believe it. You would not believe how mad I am. I do research all week long. I get information from all over the world. I have a dozen or two different websites I go to to glean information, and then I start following the rabbit trails down. Let me tell you two articles that came out that you've not heard in any way, shape, or form, except on a few alternative uh, websites. The first article, Centers for Disease Control is recording flu hospitalizations as COVID cases. You get that? Okay. From the beginning of this, I said the flu is coronavirus. A cold is a coronavirus. So why are they claiming that they have a test that can tell the difference when I know they don't? I'm not alone. I wasn't alone. There were thousands of us all over the world saying the same thing. This is fraud. This is ridiculous. This is a crime against humanity. We've been saying that. So the news comes out, and it's on the CDC's website. Include patients who have both laboratory-confirmed COVID-19 and laboratory-confirmed influenza. In other words, the CDC has been fraudulently inflating the number of people who have the flu into people who have COVID-19. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if you have the flu and you go into a hospital and you're sick as hell and they slap you on an incubator, you're going to die. And I think about 75% of the people they did that to did. All, all medical personnel who, who uh, participated in this fraud should be brought before Nuremberg trials for crimes against humanity. Now, that's just one story. Then I get this in my in my uh, in basket on the twenty first. Did you see it in the newspaper anywhere? No. You, you heard about it? In, no, you've not heard about this. 
Lab alert. Changes to CDC RT-PCR for SARS-CoV-2 testing. This is a CDC Laboratory Outreach Communication System, a LOCS, L-O-C-S. And it's, the audience is individuals performing COVID-19 testing. Alert. After December 31st, 2021, CDC will withdraw their request to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA, for emergency use authorization of the CDC 2019 Novel Coronavirus Real-Time PCR Diagnostic Panel. The assay first introduced in February 2024, detection of SARS-CoV-2. CDC is providing this advanced notice for clinical laboratories to have adequate time to select and implement one of the many FDA-authorized alternatives. The COVID, the PCR test was never authorized by the FDA. It's an emergency use. Visit the FDA website for a list of authorized COVID-19 diagnostic methods. In preparation for this change, CDC recommends clinical laboratories and testing sites that have been using the CDC 2019 PCR assay select and begin their transition to another FDA-authorized COVID-19 test. Here's the problem. Such assays can facilitate continued testing for both influenza and COVID-2 and can save both time and resources as we head into influenza season. Do you understand what this just said? This just said the PCR test has had massive, massive, and I don't mean 1 out of 10. I'm probably meaning about uh, 999 out of 1,000 false positive tests. Because if you have the flu, it's going to show up as COVID-19. This was designed this way by the elite. This was designed this way by Fauci. He knew this. The person who invented the PCR test said Fauci's a fraud, he's a liar, and he's killing people. And it, this is real. We should be out in the streets right now hanging these people. Oh, I don't mean let's, let's uh, take them to court. No. They need to die. It's that damn simple. They commit these, cri- these heinous crimes. You know they're going to get away with it. I don't... You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, flabbergasted that the American population has allowed this bullcrap to go on for this long. Fifty years ago, when they started this, this lie, this fraud, we would have said, no, stop, that's not true. Why? Because then we could critically think and do our own research. Nope. The elite control the public school system, and that's what's happened. The children who have been popped out of a public school system in the United States for the past 50 to 75 years do not have the ability or the willingness to have or use critical thinking. They don't want to research anything. They don't want to find out the truth of anything. They want to be told what's real. They want to be told what to do. And because of that, America's lost. And because we're lost, the rest of the world copies us. So now we have these tin horn dictators in France, in England, in Canada, all over the United States, or I'm sorry, all over the world. And they're doing this crap too. In fact, they're doing it worse because, of, because there is one major difference between here and everywhere else in the world. Here, we have guns. If, you, if a population of a society becomes so stupid and so willing to accept fascism, 
communism and the rest of the evils that the Democrats have foisted onto, onto this, this country. We don't deserve to have the country. We no longer deserve this, this democracy that we have. We no longer deserve the freedoms that we fought for, our forefathers fought for, I fought for. We don't deserve it. We need to succumb and just roll over on our back and be like the rest of the Black Lives Matter and and, uh, that kind of uh, communistic societal devolution means. Just be a victim and never say anything about it. That's what we deserve. So we're going to have to find out and see where this goes. This is not no lightweight thing. This needs to be this needs to be at the Senate. This needs to be at the House. This needs to be at the White House. That idiot female mouthpiece for Dimwit in Washington D.C. This needs to be in front of her face by every every journalist that's in there. Now you're going to see this. I, you know, again, you're only going to see this on on the alternative websites. That's it. You're not going to see it anywhere else. I guarantee it. And if you did, if somehow it got into the mainstream, the announcer would say, well, it's not a big deal. You know, there's no big deal. Everything's still the same. There's nobody behind that curtain. Don't even need to look. Everything's perfect. For those of you who give a damn, I'm going to have a link up in my chat room, which will take you to the CDC's website, their website, where this alert is posted, at least today. I don't know what's going to happen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If the Schumer hits the fan like I think it would and it should, magically their website might even go down and come back up scrubbed. All right, now we're going to get into the economy. (sighs) Sorry, I got a little hot there. The uh, now I don't have my my uh, notes all all uh, choreographed and set up in order and everything like I normally do because I've been working on some information that th- nobody has and I mean that seriously nobody has this information I'm going to be talking about in a minute. First off, we're going to get to the Tokyo Olympics. Yeah, okay, we know the Tokyo the the Olympics started. Uh, but did you know that the uh, ticket holders, every single person who bought a ticket to that Olympic, and, and there's, of course, there's not that many that did, uh, they've been hacked, and they have your IDs and your passwords and any credit cards or any data you use to purchase anything in any way, shape, or form that has to do with the Tokyo Olympics. Now, there's, there was a hack earlier this week, and this hack shut down over a quarter million servers worldwide and of course you're hearing how it's being blamed on china and and uh, china saying what who what 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 we don't know nothing about this this is a big hack now it's been fixed but it was massive those of you in the it industry and have you been watching uh, anything that's been going on in the industry have you been watching Things pop up and disappear and pop up and disappear and and hacks and DOS attacks and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to give you some information. Now, I have to be careful about this because this is information that could get the person who reported it to me a visit from the MIBs. This is not lightweight in any way, shape, or form. Okay, this guy is an IT 
uh, savant. He knows more about the internet and all kinds of oddball things that have to do with it than most people will forget in a dozen lifetimes. And I'll try and read so that you can understand what what he's saying. He's creating a cryptocurrency, right, like Bitcoin. So if you have cryptocurrency, you have to store it. Now, we're talking about something that only exists in the netherworld. It doesn't exist. You can't pick it up, put it in your pocket. So everything I'm saying doesn't exist in real life. It exists only on the Internet. If you have a coin, if you have cryptocurrency, you have to keep it in what's called a wallet. This is a highly secured program where nobody can break into it unless you give them the passwords. And there's usually like a dozen passwords at the same time. So people buy these wallets. Now, to, to buy his currency, you have to have a specialized wallet. Okay, fine. So he's monitoring who's buying these wallets. And one of them, he finds, is the North Korean address. So I'm not going to give the IP addresses, even though he, he gave them to me. The address came back with a Chinese IP address. He ran a trace route on it <clears throat> and came up with China uh, Unicom on the network. And this, this node was showing up all over the U.S., Russia, and it connected back to North Korea. So in other words, there was something... North Korea, a North Korean IP address was using it ad, its address to conduct business for the Chinese government. And he started tracing these, these uh, nodes. A node is uh, an accumulation of... It's like, a, it's like a, a train track where the train tracks all meet in one spot, right? And then they shoot out into all different directions all over the United States. Well, this is what a node is on the Internet and on this communication system. He tracked this back... And it, he discovered that Chinese Unicom have nodes all over the United States. He tracked it to the point where he found nodes in every federal building, in especially, especially the White House. There were over 350 nodes for Chinese uh, Unicom, their, 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 their communication system, their phone system. So he's tracking all of this stuff. And uh, what I said in the beginning about his, him getting visited by some MIBs, he got visited by some MIBs because he's pinging all of these nodes requesting information back. Now, here's the, here's the thing. As soon as he pinged the White House node, it went dark, disappeared, didn't exist. Until the next day, he pinged it again, and it automatically disappeared. He had some MIBs from DOD and Homeland Security give him a visit. They would neither acknowledge or disavow what he was finding. Do you follow that? This is our security that's supposed to be watching us and guarding our homeland. The Department of Defense and Homeland Security. They asked him nicely to cease and desist. He smiled, waved them by. And that's as much information as I could give you right now. But I can tell you this. I did a slight, slight trace route to some of these. And the Chinese government has communication nodes 
everywhere in the United States. Are we being hacked by China? No, we're, they're already here. They use any of these nodes to gather information all they want. If you think the NSA is the only communication system that's copying everything that you say or do on the internet or text, you got another thing coming. Because China Unicom is also interconnected with all communication systems within the United States. We're screwed. I don't know how else to put this. But that basically is what's going on. I have a link that uh, shows you the data center locations all over the world for all kinds of different uh, phone systems. The Chinese one, I can give you just just some uh, tidbits here. Seven Teleport Drive, Staten Island, New York. Ridgetop Circle, Sterling, Virginia. Filigree Court, Ashburn, Virginia. Ashburn, Virginia. Newark, New Jersey. New York, New York, New York. Corners Road, New York, Phoenix, Arizona, Los Angeles, California, El Segundo, California, 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 California. There's a crap load of them in California. And wherever they are, I guarantee you, are Chinese spies. Now, nowadays, a Chinese spy, a spy is not necessarily a 007 who's had all kinds of training. A spy is some guy who says, I hate America, I want China to to be the best power on earth, so I'll do everything I can to help them. That's it. And the Chinese government uses that person until they get caught. It's called burning. So they got a, they got a, a confidential, confidential informant who has been helping them, and all of a sudden he gets caught. Next thing you know, China's never heard of him. We're screwed. I don't know how else to put this. I'm sorry, but we're screwed. All right, now we're going to get into the food and health department. We're going to get... I, I, I got a little bit into health. Let me give you some information that we got on health. Now, I don't have... Like I said, I don't have all of this stuff organized properly. So I'm just going to read it off to you as it's in my list. So I already talked to you about the fraud the CDC has been performing now since this whole fraud started. Scotland... 5,500 people have died within 28 days of taking a vaccination, a COVID vaccination. We have in America a database that tells how many uh, incidents of death and, uh, and, and you know, bad things, incidents that occur from vaccinations. Europe does too. They're not, a, they're not as uh, adamant about hiding the data. The EU database shows that almost 19,000 people have died from taking the vaccination. 1.8 million are injured, 50% serious. And what does that mean? That means that 50% of that 1.8 million will be dying in a short period. And this is everything from uh, Ball's palsy, you go into epileptic fits, you shake permanently, your heart stops working, you're blind, brain damage, you're sterile. Canada has prohibited all vaccinated pilots from flying. Can you, can you see that? Canada has per, per, uh, uh, prohibited all vaccinated pilots from flying. In the United States, five pilots that have been vaccinated have died within a week of being vaccinated, and they're being hiding. They're being hidden. They're not telling you about this. 
Now, this so-called Delta variant, well, it's a variant, all right. It's being passed by people who are vaccinated. And the Dutch mainstream media came out and discovered that. Now, here's another article about the Department of Homeland Security. There is a course you can take to teach you how to function and operate a public quarantine of unvaccinated rural Americans. This is not right-wing propaganda. This is real. I have a link to the place where you go to sign up for this course. Let me tell you how this fascist government has been operating for the past, that I know of, for the past 25 years. In 1999, I was approached by uh, a member of the the Sheriff's Department here in, in Kootenai County. He worked with Panhandle Health, and he wanted me to be a volunteer to guard the mandatory vaccination centers that will be set up soon. Now, I've talked about this before, but I'll, I want to bring this to your to the front right now so you can really see what I'm talking about. And I looked at him and said, what do you mean mandatory? There's nothing going on. And he said, there will. One way or another, we will end up having mandatory vaccinations. And we don't have the military to guard all of these because these right-wing extremists will attack them and want to shoot people. So they were going out to people who they thought were stupid enough to volunteer. Well, I turned this data over to the Idaho Observer, and it blew up. And then everything went quiet, and nothing else has happened. But this is what this government does. It doesn't matter who the president is, because the deep state is all of the agencies, from the FBI to the DHS to the CIA, to the EPA, to the CDC, you name it. They're all the deep state, and they're there to make damn sure they hold power and gain more power. Did you realize the flu has disappeared worldwide? And this brings me back to my opening of this show. All of the medical community worldwide are claiming that flu is COVID-19. Now, I have an article here. The French Pasteur Institute study shows how well ivermectin can treat COVID-19. Ivermectin is a parasite, uh, anti-parasitic, and it's used for livestock. Well, it's like tetracycline. If you buy tetracycline to treat uh, fish, you know, they get get, uh, different diseases, uh, the medical community will lie to you and tell you it's a different type of tetracycline than humans take. No, it's not. It's the exact same thing. In my investigations over the years, I investigated this. And it, I tracked down to Malaysia, and there was a plant there that was making tetracycline. I called and talked to the manager of the plant in Malaysia. And he said, no, this goes to this comes out of here unlabeled. And it goes to... It goes, and he named all these different uh, uh, places, uh, medical places, uh, veterinarian places. He said, it goes to them. They put their own name and label on the bottles, but it's the exact same product. Ivermectin is sold like at North 40, county stores, uh, all these different vet places where people go and get drugs for their animals. Before you, if you get get this stuff, and if you get anything, before you take it, you do your research to know how to and how much to and all of that. 
I'm not telling you to go buy this stuff and use it. I'm just telling you the truth and the reality of what's, what's happening with this. Now, here's the thing that I thought strange. Nah, it's not strange. It's just thinking ahead. Bill Gates and George Soros teamed up and bought a COVID testing company for $41 million. They knew that the PCR test was going to be disallowed. They knew this. If I get the time. Now, I have not had the time to put up my notes on for show notes. It's just that simple. I've not had the time. I've been doing... I've been following some rabbit holes that you would not believe. And most of you would not even want to go down these rabbit holes. I do the research that you can on the internet. Then my son does research on the, on the dark web. That you don't even want to think about going on or accessing unless you're a security expert. Because all hell will break loose. But he does it. And then he gives me the information and I do more, more search. This is astounding what we've been finding. And I'm, I'll go back to, we're screwed. All right, governments, now this, we already knew this. You know, governments are using credit card purchases as contact tracing. In this society, people have lost all common sense, literally. So I have seen people come into my store and want to use a credit card to buy a $1 item. You know, it's, <laughs> the government uses this data. They get this data. It's not like they have to ask for it. They get it automatically. Costco. You know, when you go to Costco and you buy something, you don't have to use a credit card at Costco. You can use cash. But they still have a, a record of everything you bought. That record is sent off to the, uh, to, to the NSA once every two weeks or once a month. It's automatic. It's a computer thing, does it, sends it off and says, look at what Kurt bought. Look at the acetaminophen that he bought. He got like 2,000 tablets of it. Uh, he's buying a lot of beef, a lot of this, a lot of that. He got a new TV. He got shoes. He got underwear. I, I, and it's probably for his wife because it's female. But who, who are we to judge? All of that information, every time you use a credit card, it goes to the government. And they're using that data, not just to see who's a danger, but for contact tracing. This contact tracing is not just for drugs. This contact tracing, the whole concept of it started in communist China to determine whether or not you were associated with somebody who was known as a reprobate or who was known as an anti-government person. So that's what our government is using this data for. Now talking, mentioned about how these pilots have died. If you're going to fly, you better expect all kinds of flight delays. And even the mainstream media is picking up on this. But they're not going into the back gr- background of why. They're just saying, look at all these cancellations. We don't understand. There are now in the United States more deaths from people who have been vaccinated than people who have COVID-19. There are more people dying from the vaccination. We've had many doctors say that these people who have the vaccination, they're not going to live more than three to five years. And the problem is it creates blood clots. Anything that a blood clot can affect is what's going to be killing these people. It'll be some kind of heart failure, mostly. All of, You know, you're seeing this all over the United States. New Jersey, official, that 50 fully vaccinated people have died from COVID-19. 50 fully vaccinated, Right. That's not a vaccination. That's an operating system. The head of Moderna did a TED speech 
where that's what he was talking about. And you know there was no, there's been no autopsy allowed on anyone who's died from COVID-19. Isn't that interesting? Nowhere in the United States has an autopsy been allowed. The CDC seals anyone who dies from what they call COVID-19. They seal their records so that they cannot be tested. And now all the big pharmas are pushing for a monthly COVID shot. There's two things that are being pushed right now, hard and heavy. How people who are unvaccinated are fueling this so-called surge, which is a lie. This is CIA talking points. This is a lie. Okay, that's number one. And number two is, well, boy, you guys are going to probably have to have a monthly shot. You're going to have to have booster shots. They're using the booster shot thing. If you've listened to me more than like twice, you're going to understand what I'm going to tell you now. In a newsroom, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, Fox News, they're all exactly the same. You have a producer. This producer goes through all the news stuff and he says, what would my uh, uh, demographics, the people that listen to our, our broadcast, what would they react positively to? What stories would they react to? In other words, he sets up, just like I do, he sets up the show. Well, that's all well and good, but he gets this one notice, and it's from CIA that says, make sure they push the Delta variant. Or make sure they push booster shots. This, And then, then there's a, a quote there. Everyone will probably need a booster shot at least once every six months. And you will hear that verbatim on every radio station, TV station, newspaper, everything out there. So yeah, you got a producer who sets up the show, but then you have the CIA that comes in and gives them their talking points. 60% of the people admitted to UK hospitals for, for COVID-19 are fully vaccinated. So they have this other fraud scam of you got to get the shot twice. In fact, Pelosi, her aides have gotten COVID-19. They've tested positive. Have you seen Harris lately? She was, uh, she's in the hospital and she's still there. She was with somebody, a bunch of people. These uh, communists that escaped Texas that were so proud that they, they decided to violate the concept of democracy, which is vo- their voting, and they left Texas so they wouldn't vote on something the, the, the governor wanted passed. And the picture they, they showed on the internet was all of their smiling faces on the airplane with no masks on. And now at least eight of them have tested positive and two of them are sick. So they flew to Washington, D.C. And they met with the other communists, Pelosi, Schumer, and the rest. So they're, they're a super spreader right now. The guy who invented the whole concept of these operating systems... He's come out and said that all of these surges in these countries that have been vaxxed is from the vaxxed people. I'm very tempted to put a sign on my front door, and if there's more data that comes out on this, I will. And it will say, if you've had the vaccination for COVID-19, do not enter. You know the vaccine passports, right? You've, you've heard about them, and you've, you've looked and said, well, that's, that's awful. That's new. Uh, this shouldn't happen. We should not have vaccine passports. Just for your knowledge... I have an article that says no. This is all. This was all pre-planned 
a couple of years ago. No, it wasn't a couple of years ago. I know for a fact I met with some, some agents. Uh, I'm not going to say who they were. And they were talking about designing a passport, a health passport, to prove that you have been vaccinated against whatever the current uh, disease is. I, I've seen, this is over 20 years ago. So these so-called vaccine passports, they've been around a long time. Now, so we got, we got this, 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 all of this, this health fraud. And which leads me to, if you listen to me on YouTube, you better stop it because they will be banning me. I am going to be putting up one more show, which is going to explain why I no longer go on YouTube. I have hundreds of my shows on YouTube. But just showing the truth, I, if I was to take a recording, in fact I did, a recording of the doctor that invented the PCR test, it was not invented to test if, what the viral load is for, for COVID-19, it was invented for something else altogether. And I took that lecture that he did and I posted it on YouTube and they took it off for misinformation. Anyway, if you're going to listen to me, figure out how to do it. Go to armchairsurvivalist.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom. I'm, I'm on every podcast venue there is. iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google, Apple, all kinds of oddball stuff. There's, it's all explained there. I'm not going to waste any more time explaining it here. Now, we've got to get into food now. Most of you haven't seen a lot of uh, warning signs. If you live in small towns, you sure have. But most of you haven't seen it yet. This pandemic has affected, and the effects are coming in right now. Barley conditions nationwide have hit the lowest level on record. See, so you, you grow barley, right? This is for beer. Now, it's really full of nutrients and very strong and makes really good beer, or it's very weak and barely does anything at all. Well, that's where it's at. And this is the lowest conditions on record. Canadian farmers are reporting massive crop damage from the heat wave. This is not lightweight. What I've seen is so large. The damage is so large. I don't have time to even talk about it all. All of these different different crops dying. This is dying. This is dying. This is dying. They're, they're plowing this under. North Dakota wheat is poor or very poor. Okay, remember, I, crops are rated. Okay, and poor or very poor is a lot of times you can't even sell it. That's wheat in North Dakota. Spring wheat nationwide, the quality has dumped. This drought is apocalyptic. It's in the western United States. It's designed... And again, you listened to my show last week. You know what harp is. This is designed to destroy crops in the United States. It's covering the areas where crops are supposed to be growing. Britain is going to be suffering right now more of a food shortage than, uh, than they have before. Almost akin to World War II. In fact, it's so bad. North Korea is telling its citizens to start supplying their own food. You're, they're starving in North Korea already. 
And now the communist government there is trying to have... Uh, they're, they're trying to have... I don't know how, how to put this, but they're, they're trying to give themselves an out by saying, well, you know what? We've been controlling how much food you've been getting for all of these decades, so now how about we no longer control it? You're on your own. I can tell you what happens to starving nations. They go to war because they need food. This is all manufactured. Worldwide manufactured. The Ice Age farmer has got something to say about this. My friends, everywhere around the world you look, you see the destruction of our supply chains and our food supply. This is most visually uh, compelling in South Africa, where we've just seen riots that were clearly not organic. These were organized and uh, very professional targeting the supply chain and the ability of that country to continue operating using logistics and feeding itself. But the same story is playing out in many other places, often more surreptitiously, for example, in Canada, where following the Lytton fire, which destroyed 90% of that town, and perhaps you've read about the tensions between the indigenous people and so on and so forth, this is a different story, a compelling one nonetheless. Um, but what isn't being talked about is the fact that the Canadian train services have been shut down since then because they blamed the rail for that fire. And so in the wake of the fire, they just said, well, we're just going to shut it down. We're going to keep it shut down. It's also pretty striking that the fire support services were not called out there. You can see one fire person here saying, why, you know, they told us to be ready, but they're not calling us out. And there were other people who jumped on that thread and said, yeah, this is really frustrating. Everyone's been told to be ready, but no one's been activated yet. So they let that fire burn. They blamed the train for it. And sure enough, then they shut down train service for the better part of a month now. There's a headline today that says that's slowly starting to come back online, but so too was there a headline in the U.S. that says now Union Pacific is shutting down its train service from the West Coast into the rest of the U.S. So there are, uh, just every day there's more and more of these throttles being uh, enacted on our supply chains and on our food production, and it's the food production I want to talk about today because for more than a year now I've been talking about the losses to soybeans and corn that have been creating this global grains crisis, and wheat has been the one thing that's been uh, the runner-up. There's still been wheat, there's still been wheat ending stocks in a lot of the world, but now... And, you know, that's why China started buying up everything they could six months ago. But now, as these droughts and floods have started to whittle away, uh, do major damage, actually, to the production of wheat in almost all of the top 10 exporting countries in the world. Lots of people grow wheat, that's production, but exporting it is what means that the rest of the world, which depends on importing bread, right, depends on importing that wheat from where it's grown, uh, they're not going to have anywhere to go at this point. And so... It's that that I want to bring your attention to today because, look, there's tons of stuff that's going on now. Some of it's discouraging, like the South African situation. Some of it's encouraging, like the fact that people went out into the streets in France and protested Macron's uh, vaccine passport. Now that's happening in the UK. I'm, I'm encouraged that Macron had to back down. But this is just today's battles. These are important battles, and we have to be fighting them, but we also need to keep our eye on the ball, the long game here. And the long game here is that these lockdowns are just a practice round for when the food runs out. That is the actual weapon that the cryptocracy intends to use. Food shortages to, to, to get 
the global population roll into this great reset into their next fourth industrial revolution. So that's what I want to talk about today. And like, you know, as I said, we've been talking about the soybeans and the corn for a long time. Mainstream media eventually did vindicate those reports. Like in April, this report shrinking global grain supplies don't have any hope of being replenished this year or maybe even the year after that. Maybe this is a lasting problem. Yes, indeed it is. And again, now wheat is part of it. Here's a list here of the top wheat exporting countries. Lots of production. These are the ones that produce it and export it to feed the rest of the world. And we'll go down the list here. Russia, U.S., Canada, France, Ukraine, Australia, Argentina, Germany, Kazakhstan. Uh, and, and get a sense. Those, those represent the bulk of the wheat that's available for purchase in the rest of the world. And now let's look at some headlines that affect each of those producers. Drought and heat, of course, this is based on the USDA's data yesterday that said that the U.S. crop, as you can see here, is quite literally off the charts bad, historically bad. Hasn't been this poor since 1988. According to the USDA, 63% of the crop is rated poor to very poor. So that's why uh, the markets spiked up to two and a half month highs yesterday. Quote, unwelcome, indeed, dry weather in key U.S., Canadian, and Russian, and Russia, wheat growing areas is causing pressure on uh, you know, bullish for wheat prices. So let's take a look at that. Chicago wheat futures gained on Monday, climbing to two and a half months highs, supported by dry weather in parts of the U.S., Canadian, and Russia growing areas, raising global supply worries. For wheat. This is Nasdaq.com telling you that we have global wheat supply worries. Again, why is that? It's because the it's not just the U.S. crop that's in this record terrible condition. It's also Canada, obviously, right? The North America is being uh, crushed by this drought right now. Here from UPI, farmers in Canada report massive crop damage in the heat wave. Now, this article goes on to say that fruit was baking on the trees, berries were burnt to a crisp. Some people have reported to me that this seemed like a very unnatural kind of heat wave, almost as if the fruit were being microwaved on the trees. Far be it from me to speculate. Uh, it suffice to say, though, that the, the, the crops are definitely damaged, including wheat. Here's a summary of how just how quickly the condition of the Saskatchewan wheat crop and canola crop has dropped off in the last three, four weeks here, from 77 good to excellent on wheat, and 64% canola down to just to 25, a quarter of it, of, of wheat, and 18% of canola, good to excellent, meaning it's, it's, it's all deteriorated rapidly. The same is true in Alberta, going from 84% good to excellent for wheat, and 80% canola, down to 39% for spring wheat, and 33% for canola. So the crops there really plummeting in terms of their condition. That's the North America uh, crops, U.S. and Canada. But at at the same time, drought, as you can read here from asianews.it, drought is hitting Russia and Central Asia, with some Russian regions in danger of losing up to half of their harvest. Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan are holding back water from their rivers to the detriment of their neighbors, Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan. So they're literally, this is water wars, right? We're literally fighting over the resources, trying to be able to uh, protect our own domestic crops at the expense of the rest of the world. This is the kind of pesky nationalism that the food chain reaction game, sponsored by George Soros, run by John Podesta, foresaw six years ago when they said, we're going to have food shortages 
challenges in the near future, and we need more global government. This is all part of the plan, is what I'm telling you here. And this is the real threat, not just lockdowns for public safety purposes. This is why the censorship is ramping up, even on and especially and specifically on channels like this one and on Dave Dubine over at Adapt 2030. Uh, you can see a George Soros-funded group arming Vice News with uh, their, instru- their marching orders to attack these channels. Because now we're not just attacking Alex Jones or not even just the disinformation dozen about vaccines. Now it's climate change deniers. Indeed, now censorship applies basically to anything that is embarrassing for the government. But back to the wheat situation here. Uh, in Kazakhstan, the situation for the drought is actually quite bad. Some s- images that you can find on social media uh, are are quite portraying that quite obviously. Kazakh social media images are ringing alarm about the drought and livestock dying off. The months-long drought gripping Central Asia has turned into a catastrophe for herders. Without grass or fodder, thousands of cows and horses are starving to death. Just bringing in that post-animal economy that the World Economic Forum has envisioned for us. And Kazakhstan has taken the step yesterday of deciding, that's it. We are not going to export any more animal feed. We're going to hang on to our wheat. Never mind, again, here's that list. Never mind that we were the number nine biggest exporter of wheat in the world. Now we're just trying to keep ourselves afloat. And like I said, when you see the bread baskets of the world, the ones that are responsible f- for feeding the global population, stopping their exports, this means we are in a world of hurt here. Okay, going on to Europe now. Everyone's been hearing about the massive floods there, hundreds of people dying in Germany, um, the historic flooding there. We're starting to get a sense now for how that's affecting the crops. Obviously, it's not good, right? But but more quantita- quantitatively, how what's going on there. From Bloomberg, Europe's soggy wheat means more will end up as animal feed. Three weeks of relentless downpours have hurt the harvest from Romania to Germany to Poland. It's the quality that's suffering more than the size. In other words, the wheat's still there, but it's terrible now. It's not for human consumption anymore. It's downgraded to relegated to animal feed. Just half of his crop is now good enough to make uh, bakery products compared with most of it in a normal year. So, of course, the farmers will get less money and they'll have financial hardships. But again, more to the point, we don't have wheat from anywhere else to replace that, right? We're seeing, we go down the list here, that's Russia, US, Canada, now we're hitting Europe, France, and Ukraine. Ukraine had a bumper crop this year, although they're having logistical issues due to lockdowns and other supply chain difficulties and container shortages that are uh, hampering them from actually getting that bumper crop out to the rest of the world. So this is, it's, it's amazing, it's by design, it is a confluence of the natural cycles, the grand solar minimum, these precipitative extremes, drought and flooding that we have expected, that we've been talking about for years due to the low solar output, but no doubt amplified by the geoengineering, the weather warfare, silent weapons for quiet wars. How can you even tell where one begins and one ends? I, I, I don't think you can. That's why it's just, it's these things are being used in concert. You know, they're using their weapons to exacerbate the naturally uh, problematic growing seasons in times like this. And Germany, we just said. Argentina, though, South America, 
um, we've, we've talked about in the past, is in a massive drought. That's why they're having trouble with their soybeans. They couldn't get their soybeans out of the ground. That's interfered with their saffron crop uh, in Brazil as well. And as I've mentioned in a previous report, that drought has become so extreme that the rivers have gone to such a low level that they can't even float barges out anymore. So here today from Reuters, Argentina is urging people to save water. The river is at a 77-year low. And obviously this, this is not going to bode well for their crops either. They're also having some cold weather spells down there right now because it's winter. And that's why on top of that, whatever they were able to harvest, whatever they could float on those partially loaded barges was then there were labor strikes that kept them from getting grains onto the boats and out to the rest of the world. So again, if it's not one thing, it's another, or it's the the shipping container shortages. It's just stunning the extent to which our supply chains have been disrupted, and it's all a cascading series of failures, and it's coming home to roost real fast now. And wheat, ladies and gentlemen, let us just remind ourselves, wheat is a bellwether for, historically, for famine, for starvation. And when we're seeing a wheat shortage globally, this is a situation we need to pay attention to. China saw this coming. They were ahead of the game. They were frantically buying up all of the wheat that they could from the United States earlier. This is only in April that this was announced, no, March. And um, around that time, they were saying, oh, we can't seem to get any more corn or soybeans, so we're going to reformulate our animal feed and start using wheat instead. And they started ravenously buying up all the wheat they could get, U.S. white wheat was being snapped up by China. And, of course, the United States more than happy to sell off the food we do have. What are the effects that this is having now that there's a global grain shortage, including wheat? Well, it's as designed. That means farmers and ranchers, and we talked about this before, we anticipated this, can't afford to feed their animals anymore. From Bloomberg, sky-high feed prices are pushing dairy farmers over the edge. And what happens instead? Mega dairies, right? These big corporate behemoths that have the capital to sustain themselves through these kinds of economic hardships while family-owned farms and smaller farmers and ranchers go out of business. Small operators struggle to survive. So this is exactly the outcome they were hoping for achieved by the technocrats. And then also, more to the point, Global meat demand is under threat as meat prices are surging. This is basically saying that people can't afford to buy meat anymore. In the U.S., sales of meat at grocery stores are double digits down, 12% year over year. In Europe, it's fallen a percent. In Argentina, it's down 4% in 2020. In fact, for many people, quote, meat has become a luxury. If you don't have the political capital to roll through those meat taxes, those luxury taxes that they were talking about a few years ago. They couldn't quite pull it off, so they just caused food crises so that farmers and ranchers can't even afford to feed their animals. And that way the meat prices go up so high, no one can even afford it. That's where we are now. Quote, with what I spend today, I don't even bring back half of what I used to. I used to buy chickens, now I maybe have half a chicken. It's a luxury now. Enter in Bill Gates' fake meat and all these things. You can see they're whittling away at people's diets and at what they're used to eating. All of this also, you know, is constrained by the fact that we don't have chips. And there's an increasing story. I'm getting lots of buzz from farmers and from people in the supply chain, people within John Deere who say, you know, it's it's 
we're not getting our parts in. I can't uh, repair people's tractors. My combine's not running. I'm having to use one machine to do a task that it's not designed for, and that's going to make the other machines break down. So we're, we're, a lot of people are operating on borrowed time right now, using their combines to mow the lawn. You know, like just weird things because they can't get the right parts, and so they're abusing the equipment they do have, which of course is you know you can only do that for so long before you completely break all of your machines down. So here from Hooger Ash Ag Today, Hoosier Ag Today, the biggest factor impacting the ability of U.S. farmers to produce food has nothing to do with the weather. It doesn't have anything to do with the markets. It's the shortage of chips worldwide that will impact all aspects of agriculture for the next two years and beyond. So now we have shrinking global supplies of grains with no hope to rebuild in the future. We have chip shortages that are meaning equipment is breaking and unable to get back in the fields. Farmers don't have the, the, the supplies they need to grow food, and even if they did, they don't have the ability to ship it because trains and shipping are all breaking down. So this is a really an escalating situation, and I know you know that. I know I've been covering this for some time, but I did want to just give a quick update today to make sure we had visibility into the fact that this hasn't stopped. In fact, that it continues to accelerate and you need to be doing everything you can every day, both to fight off the encroaching tyranny and this medical tyranny that's going on. That has, obviously, that has to be stopped before they just kill off the entire world population, but also to be positioning ourselves to weather this next storm, the food shortages and the control measures they will institute during those to bring in the rest of their agenda. All right, so this next article, I I could put it in economy, but I'm going to leave it in this one, okay? China is uh, having a massive backlog of shipping, okay? Now, let me tell you something, how this works. Some years ago, there was a, a longshoreman strike in Long Beach, California. Long Beach, California is one of the major major ports on the west coast where everything comes in so when they went on strike those container ships that hold thousands of containers 40 foot containers started backing up out into the ocean there were hundreds of them hundreds of them so there's nothing getting unloaded all of the so-called fresh food and fruits and stuff they all rotted out there in the ocean after about month and a half two months uh, the uh, the strike was was finished and all the products that had been ordered by all the companies were all shipped at once now here's the problem in the United States businesses use JIT shipping JIT ordering just in time ordering it's like Fred Meyer supermarket Uh, and this is just an example they buy 24 bottles of 4 ounce Tabasco and they put it up on the shelf and they, uh, they they have evaluated because they keep statistics of all of the UPC codes that they sell which ones sell faster which ones sell slower and they figured out well we only sell about uh, let's see we sell about about 12 of these a month now they order believe it or not about once every three months for many products and, and it's it's a uh, Staggered, so it doesn't look like that to you. So they figured, all right, we're going to order for three months. We'll order thirty-six. We'll order thirty-six Tabascos. So now all of these orders were backing up, and backing up, and backing up, and backing up. Now mostly 
Fred Meyer has a wood giant warehouse where they store their stuff. And then it, when it comes time, it's all shipped out to all the different Fred Meyers. Well, all the shipping backlog come uncorked at one time, and all of this stuff, massive amounts of product. Everything from Tabasco to horseradish to uh, spaghetti sauce to candy to, I mean, this, this, you name it, showed up at this giant this warehouse and overfilled it. So Fred Myers ordered all of their stores to just start dumping the stuff. I was at Fred Meyer here in Coeur d'Alene when they received 10 pallet loads of various flavored spaghetti sauce. 10 pallet loads. They have nowhere to put this stuff. So they parked it on the floor of the store and they put a sign up, 25 cents a jar. Well, I bought 200 jars of it at a quarter because it's usually about 4 to $5 to $6. But this is what's going to happen now. This is a backlog. And the problem is, when it uncorks, there's going to be nowhere to put this stuff. And the problem is, they're, uh, the owners of the companies that have bought all these products, they're going to end up going bankrupt because they're paying for them. And they're going to get them all on their floor at one time. And there's not, they're not going to have as many people to buy them as possible. You might not have been paying attention to the price of food and everything else once Dimwit was put into the daycare center in Washington, D.C., prices of everything started to go up. 10 to 25% on everything across the board. And it's still going up. Some things went up 50 to 100%. That means lumber, uh, windows, that kind of stuff. So the companies have been ordering and ordering and ordering and ordering. And some of these companies, the people, the owners are not very smart. It's like, you ever seen somebody go to a crosswalk and he pushes the button for the crosswalk sign and uh, he just keeps doing that crap thinking that's going to make it come up faster. Well, this is what some of these owners do. They order a case of of framet rods. Well, it didn't come this month. I'm going to order another case then. I'm going to keep ordering until it shows up. All of a sudden, he's going to get 12 cases of these things. What's he going to do? He's already paid $5 a piece. First off, nobody's going to pay him, oh, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten dollars a piece for these things because they were selling for four dollars a piece. He paid five, but to get rid of them and get some money back, he's going to have to sell them for two fifty a piece to get rid of them fast because he has more inventory coming because the backlog has been uncorked. This is what happens. This has happened many, many times, and it's going to happen this time. Don't look at it like, wow, I'm going to make some bargains. Look at it like the economy is going to crash, or it's going to go down like like crazy. By the way, you know the the uh, stock market went down nine hundred points this week. Well, it it said stabilized around seven hundred points down, and uh, all the, all the mainstream media was saying, "Well, it's because they're all worried about this variant, this COVID thing." That's why it went down. That BS. That's not why it went down. It went down because of all the hacks and all of the problems happening on the internet. That's why it went down. All right, now we got to get into the liberal psychosis. If you lie to the government, they'll put you in prison. But when they lie to all of us, it's called being a politician. You think taking 
guns away, we'll save our kids from the killings. But your pro-choice abortion kills way more children. If America's so terrible and racist, it probably isn't safe to encourage immigration. Just saying, all the contradictions are embarrassing. You know who hates America the most? Americans. Trigger warnings used to be on TV for seizures. And now they're everywhere to protect millennials' feelings. He, she, his, him, hers, them, they. Screw a pronoun, cause everyone's a retard these days. Here I'm preaching at the protest that hatred's the problem. But hating straight men, white folks, and Christians is common. Coca-Cola telling people they should be less white. They preach intolerance, but if you disagree, they fight. There's a race war here. Elections based on fear. Black lives only matter once every four years. Soldiers died for this country, and every one of us benefits. Give welfare to the bums and forget about the veterans Black folks and white folks divided by the news But we are all the same, we are red, white, and blue Ashamed to be American? Okay, that's cool Cause honestly, we are all ashamed of you too Y'all are so fake, oh no The forecast said that there'd be snowflakes Whoa, you can make us see it your way No way, gasoline and growth Big article. It was made uh, large on all the mainstream media this week. First female Navy Special Operations sailor graduated. Isn't that great? They, they've tried over three, four dozen women to pass this course, and then they finally end up with one woman that passes the course. Well, that, that sounds great, and she must be very special, except for the fact that the military has been reducing the physical requirements to pass any any course, no matter what it is. In fact, the Air Force just removed running and push-ups from mandatory training. And that's just the Air Force. Months ago, I talked about how the Navy has reduced mandatory physical training because the females could not perform. Now, you've heard uh, the, the White House's mouthpiece this week talk about how there's, they're uh, uh, helping Facebook to route out extremists and to tell them what to post and how uh, how they need to be uh, monitored better. Uh, I got a friend of mine sent me this picture. This is his. This was on his Facebook page, and I I, uh, I I don't do Facebook, so I don't really give a damn. But these things are popping up. Are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? We care about preventing extremism on Facebook. Others in your situation have received confidential support. I'm excited to share that Facebook has yet another way of keeping people safe by controlling them with pop-up propaganda. I just discovered it myself. So there I was, scrolling, minding my own business while Facebook was stealing all my personal data without me knowing it. And up comes the new warning. Are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? You know what, Facebook? I am concerned. I'll tell you who I think is becoming an extremist in a second. But first, I found out Facebook is bringing this and other similar warnings up when you search certain terms. It's kind of like the thought police are inflicting police brutality on our free will, which is something we all need more of to be better protected from whatever they're beating out of us. But I've got my friend I'm concerned about. So on the warning, I clicked get support. And Facebook takes me to a site called lifeafterhate.org. I discover the site they take me to is an organization run by former extremists. Seems like being influenced by a group of people with a history of violent extremism would be a good idea, Facebook. It's like, I'm a new dad, so me and my wife only hire babysitters who have a history of violence. So yeah, Facebook... 
I'm down to have violent psychopaths influence me. Let's get at it. On the homepage, it says they're committed to helping people leave violent far-right groups. Already seems like Facebook's definitely looking out for my best interests rather than invading my privacy with their political agenda. They're not trying to help people leave violent far-left groups, which works out well because the whole reason why I was on Facebook in the first place is I was looking for violent far-left groups to join. Unfortunately, I discovered my favorite far-left hate group, Antifa, doesn't have a Facebook page. But luckily, Facebook automatically redirected me to another far-left hate group that does have a Facebook page. That's right where they took me when I typed in Antifa. Thanks, Facebook, for making it easy for me to go as extreme to the left as I want so I can connect with other like-minded people with violent tendencies there, while simultaneously trying to save people from the horrors of people on the right with violent tendencies. Back on the Life After Hate site that Facebook took me to, at the bottom I saw Fact Sheet. So I clicked on it, because I like facts. There it informed me of the fact that far-right extremism and white supremacy are the greatest domestic terrorism threats facing the United States. Ah, right from Biden. I guess that's why it's a fact. And further evidence that Facebook isn't being political. Back to Facebook's original question. Am I concerned that someone I know is falling into extremism? Yes, Facebook, I am. I fear he's very deep into extremism, bringing harm to countless people. His name is Mark Zuckerberg. I think he's involved in a tyrannical takeover of our country. He's inundating millions of people with propaganda, censoring people, and silencing conservative voices. His political opposition. That part's particularly concerning because all tyrannical and communist governments silenced their opposition during the initial stage of their takeover. Like on January 8th, he silenced the sitting president of the United States, who is the main political opposition to his party. Vladimir Putin put his main political opposition in prison to silence him. He and Mark have a lot in common both very pro-democracy. It appears as though Mark is using these new extremist group warnings as yet another way to eliminate his political opposition by manipulating people to see them all as extremists while flimsily disguising it as an attempt to help people. Which is in line with history, as any time tyrannical takeovers happen, as they're silencing their opposition and abusing the people, they always present it as being in the best interest of the people. Of course... For their protection. Tyrants fear people finding out the truth beneath their lies. That's why they censor people from speaking it, silence their opposition, burn books, ban gatherings, and take over the schools. The ones doing the censoring have always turned out to be on the wrong side of history. But maybe Mark will be the first one not to. I don't know. With his extremist behavior, I'm concerned. And that's why I'm grateful for Facebook's new warning. Maybe they'll be able to help my friend who's falling into extremism, therefore help all of us who are being suppressed by him. So because Facebook led me right to lifeafterhate.org, I sent them a message, reaching out for help on behalf of my friend. I haven't heard back from him yet, but I'm glad Facebook's new warning popped up, asking if I'm concerned that someone I know is becoming an extremist. Because they are. And now hopefully we'll be able to get them the help they need. It's long overdue. Thank you, Facebook. So the uh, communists that control Chicago, they have finally uh, defunded the police, most of them, most of it. They still have cops there, but only for really heinous crimes, like uh, burning a cross or wearing a, a white bed sheet over your head. From now on, when you do a 911 call in Chicago, the police are not going to show up. Instead, 
mental health care workers will show up so that they can help the poor misguided murderer who has a pistol and he's already killed three little children. That's, that's what's going to happen in Chicago. Montana. Now we all know how evil unions are, especially teachers' unions. Most of you will think Montana, well, that's a very, very uh, right-wing state. Yeah, except for the fact that the Montana Teachers Union just voted a new president in. He's a communist, which means they're all communists. That's the Montana Teachers Union. Isn't that interesting? See, Proposition 47 in California. I just I was looking at this today. If uh, you commit a theft... And the, what you stole is uh, valued under $950. The police aren't even going to take a report. They don't even care. So if you're, if you're a, thi- a, th- a thief uh, and, and you want to uh, make a living being a thief, make sure you take your calculator with you. And make sure it adds up to under $950. But you'll have to do it before 6 o'clock at night because Target, Walgreens, and a bunch of other big stores in California will be closing about 6 o'clock at night. A lot of you drink coffee, and a lot of you got conned into this company, thinking that, well, they're, they're uh, conservative, so I, I'm going to start uh, buying my coffee from them. This is the Black Rifle Coffee Company. Turns out, the owner, Matt Best, or the, the uh, executive vice president, doesn't like any, they, they don't like conservatives. They don't like right-wing people in any way, shape, or form. They think that uh, they need to flush us down the toilet. And uh, they, were, they were glad they could use the proper buttons to f- force us right-wing scum to buy their coffee. Now, there was an a, attempted robbery in Los Angeles. man was walking with his wife. And these two semi-humanoid gutter trash thugs stepped out of their car with guns. He immediately pulled his gun and put a bullet in each one of their legs. Everybody took off. And I hope he doesn't get found. It's, it's astounding. See, the, the uh, certain parts, certain, uh, how do I put this? Certain parts of the black uh, society have been so emboldened that they literally think that they can get away with murder. And they try it. And then they are utterly surprised when they're killed. I have two dozen stories of a black man or woman pulling a weapon on somebody. Not just white people. Other black people. Thinking they can get away with anything. And then they end up dead. But I'm not going to waste my time with that. Let's get into the Democrat perversion. Well, it didn't work too good for this one pervert. He was uh, caught spying on this woman's 10-year-old daughter's window. And she chased him down, tackled him, stuck a gun in his head and said, just wait here and call the police and some parents did the same thing they found this guy standing in that five-year-old girl's bedroom they they knocked him down on the ground and and, uh, he got arrested now the, the, the problem is the more perversion out in society the more perverts feel emboldened to continue performing their perversions used to go used to be if you went to disney world they're, they had a, a, a little speech uh, that it was very classic. And it was a greeting to all the boys and girls there. Well, they changed that now to be more inclusive. 
they don't use terms like boys or girls anymore. JetBlue, any of you fly on JetBlue? You know, my dad helped build United Airlines. I remember as a kid flying in a DC-5 where behind the cabin where the pilots were, pilot and co-pilot, were two benches, bench seats, one on each side of the fuselage, and they were about six feet long. And then you had a curtain, and then you had the rest of the passengers. And those two bench seats were for uh, special people. And we used to fly there. And the, the, the stewardesses were always drop-dead gorgeous, very sure of themselves, very able. Well, JetBlue comes out and says that they don't mind if a transvestite uh, decides to work on their flights now. So they, they call it cross-dressing. So you will see... You will see guys with beard stubble or mustaches wearing a, a short dress and high heel shoes. Now we're going to get into the government threat. Now, I, I already mentioned the mouthpiece for Dimwit uh, saying uh, that they were working with, with uh, Facebook to root out extremism on the Internet. Well, they also, and I saw this in the morning, and I almost spit out my coffee. I'm like, what the hell did she just say? She said, Pisaki says that the White House is in touch with Facebook to push true narratives and to flag offending, mis- misrepresentation, uh, misdirection, uh, lies, and whatever for Facebook's censors to delete. So a couple of the steps that we have, um, you know, that could be constructive for the public health uh, of the country are uh, providing uh, for for Facebook or other platforms to measure and publicly share the impact of misinformation on their platform uh, and the audience it's reaching. Uh, also with the public, with all of you, um, to create robust enforcement strategies that bridge their properties and provide transparency about rules. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Taking faster ac- action against harmful posts. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook. Hey, White House. House and Biden administration, how you doing? So listen, we all know you've been telling Facebook what to censor, and now you want to censor text messages next. We know this is what you've been up to because you said it, and you probably shouldn't have said these parts out loud. I think you might be, oh, shall we say, a little out of touch with how people perceive you. I mean, you're coming on pretty strong, pretty fast. So I wanted to give you some specific feedback to help you out. We'll go through some of your problems and what you can do to make them better. Point number one, just so you know, we all know what you're doing, you know, with a whole authoritarian takeover kind of thing. And it's great. I'm not saying not to. It's just as you're doing it, you should probably act like that's not what you're doing. Because, like, some of us are willing to pretend that's not what you're doing when you're not showing your hand. But now it's like you're playing poker with your cards facing outward. We can see. Point number two. 
White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said this. We are in regular touch uh, with these social media platforms. We've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. The problem with this is it couldn't violate the First Amendment anymore. It'd be impossible. And most people have heard of this amendment, so you should act like you care about it. I know what you're saying, White House. Well, the government has to respect its citizens' right to free speech, but private companies like Facebook don't. But when you're telling Facebook what to censor, that's the government censoring U.S. citizens. That's actually why Donald Trump is suing Facebook, Twitter, and Google. And I think by you saying this part out loud... We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook. You helped out Trump's lawsuit significantly. We know you've been working with big tech behind the scenes telling them what to censor, but... Like, you weren't admitting it then. And like when Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg are being grilled in Senate hearings, they were lying about it too. I would just go back to doing it this old way in secrecy. Because when you, the government, tell the citizens that you're taking away their right to free speech, the public won't stand for it. Because at the point we're at now, people are going to start to remember Dave Chappelle's words. The First Amendment is first for a reason. And the Second Amendment is just in case the first one doesn't work out. Oh, White House, just one more note on the First Amendment that you are violating with your state-sponsored censorship. It's not the right to free speech that's only in line with what the White House deems to be true. I know this because I read the First Amendment, and I apologize if that's a little uninclusive to illiterate people. Hmm, maybe in public schools we should replace reading with critical race theory. Oh, you guys have already done that. Great. Even if the White House was aligned with absolute truth, and I know you are all the time, the First Amendment gives people the right to speak otherwise. It gives people the right to even speak falsehoods, as long as they're not inciting panic. And the First Amendment also gives people the right to speak truth, even when it runs contrary to the lies that you are trying to portray as the truth. Yeah, like even on those rare occasions. It's the right to free speech, whether that speech is aligned with truth, inaccuracies, or a little bit of both, which tends to be the case with most things that are said. There is no misinformation clause in the First Amendment. It's not constitutional language. It's authoritarian language. I know, I know, but you're doing it for our protection. That's why you want to abolish the First Amendment and you determine what's misinformation and then censor it. Like, I don't, you're just doing it because you care. But we don't believe you care because you're not caring people. We can see you. The public just doesn't want to give up its right to free speech in the name of you determining what disinformation is. Plus, you've got a horrible track record of determining what disinformation is. Amongst other examples, you kind of spent a whole year trying to convince the public that the lab leak theory was disinformation. Just for one example. We know what you're saying, but we just want to flag problematic posts on Facebook. The problem is that we know that what's problematic for your agenda is anything that promotes freedom or comes from the right. So kind of like anything that supports your political opposition is problematic for you, even when it's rooted in truth. Oh, but you promise not to suppress your political opposition so you can't run away with fully installing an authoritarian regime? Well, when you put it that way, we believe you. <laughs> 
I mean, who can even remember you using big tech to help Biden win the election? And silence all speech online about election integrity? And scrub social media about Hunter Biden's laptop? Even though officials in Delaware already had enough information to seek search warrants and issue grand jury subpoenas? And that's before big tech started censoring about his laptop. Oh, and we also don't remember how you had the sitting president de-platform from social media and then had Parler completely kicked off the internet to completely silence opposing views. So letting you determine what's problematic is simply not a right you have or a right the public wants to give you. Censoring texts. The Biden administration and DNC plan on working with text message carriers to censor misinformation from texts. Okay. Censoring people's personal communication with friends on their phones. Yes, it's for their protection. That's a given. Of course. But you know how, like, if someone went over to their friend's house, they don't need you there for their protection, it's kind of like that. Only with texts, things are like a hundred times safer because you can't hurt someone with words. And of course, there's that whole pesky First Amendment thing to consider. Okay, now a couple bonus pieces of advice. Your whole strategy for manipulating people into getting the <coughs> needs some work. And now you say you're gonna be knocking on people's doors? Now try to understand this. Up until this point with how hard you've been pushing this thing, you're kind of like a guy who goes up to a girl and says, I wanna f you. And she's like, no. And then you grab her wrist and say, I really wanna f you. The harder you go at her, the more she'll resist what you want. So you're kind of making people say no. And now with you knocking on doors, you're kind of like, well, I'm gonna f you even if you don't want to. <laughs> Just so you know, people kind of find that violating. So maybe pump the brakes on your aggressiveness. And if you really want to stretch it, you could just like respect freedom of choice. But it's a stretch. Another point of improvement. Remember earlier how I said people don't trust what you say because you're not caring people? Well, I would get your team acting lessons so they can at least act like caring people even though they're not. I think it'll make you more successful with your long-term agenda. You know, honestly, I've never believed that some reptilian race is running this show, because, like, that'd be freaking crazy. But lately, I've been actually questioning it, because you guys act like reptiles. I did some research on to, to actually fact-check this, and this is real. If you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. The lie can be maintained only for such time as the state can shield the people from the political, economic, and or military consequences of that lie. It thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to repress dissent, for the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie, and thus by extension, the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. Adolf Hitler said that in his book Mein Kampf, and people have been attributing that to one of his henchmen. But uh, he said that, and basically it's the truth. Because our government, our state, which is the deep state, they tell us lies every day. And we, being innocent people, believe those lies. I'm being very generous to the, the people by saying innocent. You are being fed so much crap. I'm astounded 
that we aren't all brown. The sad part is the majority of people in the United States, when they're told a lie for the first time, they'll look at it and go, oh, geez, that's awful. Instead of looking at them saying, what the hell are you talking about? Where's your proof? I have people every day come in here and they say, well, I'm taking this drug, blankety blank. When they get done telling me what they're doing, I'm saying, well, have you looked up that drug? What do you mean looked it up? Have you gone online and typed in warning on? Warning on anything, any name of drug, ibuprofen. Okay, if you just typed in ibuprofen, you'll get paid results. Uh, You will get the manufacturer's results telling you how great the drug is. When you type in warning on anything, even warning on tennis shoes, Nike tennis shoes, warning on ibuprofen, it shows you websites that actually have warnings on it. Most people don't know that every time you take an NSAID, that is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, which would be aspirin, ibuprofen, Tylenol, naproxen, there's a bunch of them. Every time you take one, one pill, you lose a teaspoon of blood in your stomach. This is well known. Well, not well known, but this has been known since I was a little kid when I was five years old. But the idea is this. You guys will do anything. You'll take anything. Not all of you. I would say about 75% of you. If a doctor's, if you go into a doctor and say, you know, I'm not sleeping good. Here, take this slobberform. I'll give you a couple samples. You just go ahead and take it. And it'll help you sleep. And you go home and you pop a slobberform just before bed. You didn't look it up. You don't know that that thing has side effects of neuropathy. You know, you don't know that. You don't know what the what side effects are. Because you don't check. People have gotten lazy. They believe everything they're told. It's like you're propagandized to believe the, and I quote, authority figure. So you're, you're, you're taught, you're brainwashed, you're propagandized to believe the authority figure. An authority figure is very imposing. I know this. Especially to law-abiding people. You cannot be just law-abiding. You have to have the ability and willingness to critically think about each segment of your life, each incident that's occurring around you, in front of you, behind you. I was raised on a reservation, and we were taught, if you can see something, if you can hear something, if you can smell something, then you're responsible for it. If I could see somebody beating up somebody else, there's no question in my universe, I got to go over there and stop that. And this is the level of responsibility and willing to participate Every citizen of the United States should have. You must be willing to participate. If you can see it, hear it, or smell it, you're responsible for it. Not some authority figure who says to you, take this. You've got to be willing to be the authority figure in your life. And you've got to be willing to look something up. Oh, God, how how hard is it to pick up a damn dictionary? I know you can use your cell phone for that. Okay, so... You look, you look these words up. You don't know what the hell that doctor just told you to take. You don't know what kind of... If the doctor says, all right, we're going to have to operate on your knee. Do you know, what you're, you know what you should do? First off, go on YouTube and watch a knee operation. So you get an idea of what he's going to do on that knee. And then you're going to look around for alternative handling of these problems. You have to participate. Life is a participating sport. You don't just stand there and watch it happen and be surprised. 
Unfortunately, that's about 75% of you. You just, you don't think what's going to happen is going to happen, but when it does happen, you're you're like totally surprised. This is yard sale season, so I am uh, obligated to do my yard sale show. This And this one that you're hearing right now, uh, you're going to hear, I did eight years ago. This is yard sale season. If you're like me, you've got a lot of crap you've been collecting over the years, and you don't need it anymore, or you don't want it, or you've got new crap, and you want to get rid of your old crap. Well, if you came into my store in Hayden, half of my store is yard sale stuff. We had a yard sale. We're downsizing our house. We're getting rid of all the stuff that I collected over the years. You know, we go to uh, sales. We go to yard sales. Or we get closeouts. Or, oh, this would be great gifts for Steve. Or Paula would love this. And we buy them. Whatever the hell it is. It could be clothes. It could be pots and pans. It could be sheets. It could be whatever. And then I stick them under the bed or something and and literally forget about them for two or three years so we got all of those sitting here for sale we've got so much stuff we can have and this is just the tip of the iceberg we're just barely cleaning the house out you've heard the saying one man's garbage is another man's gold well that's true i was a master gunsmith for 25 years and i was working on a fully automatic mac 10 there was a specialized pin in the front of it to hold it together and I couldn't find it anywhere because these are out of production. I'm trying to figure out how we can make one. The guy wanted everything uh, original as possible. And I even went to gunpartscorp.com. They didn't have any. I'm at a yard sale. And this guy, is a, he's a gun guy. And he's got a box the size of a lunchbox full of oddball pins and, and clips and, and uh, pieces of metal and, that he's collected over the years by working on guns himself in his garage. And lo and behold, there's one of those pins. 25 cents. So you never know what you're going to find. We find stuff all the time. My wife tells me, we need some more legal size envelopes. Guess what? I go to a yard sale yesterday. Lady has a box of 100. She goes, oh, here are free. So you don't know. One person, they just want to get rid of everything. They just want to get rid of everything. They don't care. They don't care the prices. They just want to get rid of everything. And another person knows what some of their stuff is worth. So they're not asking, you know, if, if they've got a bicycle that's worth 150 bucks, they're asking 75 And sometimes you can dicker with them, get it, talk it down. And that's the rule of thumb. You don't go to a yard sale or a tag sale or rummage sale or garage sale or whatever words you use in your part of the world. You don't go to one and pay what they're asking unless you really need that thing. You always try and bargain with them, always. In some parts of the world, it's an insult not to. You know, it's fully expected. So the problem with uh, yard sales, now there's two parts to it. One part is you going to one, and the other part is you having one. So we'll cover the going to one. You go to a yard sale. You've got to be careful what you're looking at. Make sure if, if you're blind like me that you bring a pair of glasses so you can read the fine print if you're looking at something. If you're going to spend quarter, a buck, two bucks, five bucks, big deal. I buy DVD players all the time for $2, $3. And if I can clean them up and they work, fine. I, I sell them in the store for five to ten bucks. Because I get people here who really don't have a lot of money. And I don't know about where you are, but where we are in Idaho, our rhino governor brought Common Core to the schools in Idaho, all the schools in Idaho. So you have people who graduate who can't read or write. They don't understand arithmetic. And they're thrown out into the real world where they got to get jobs. So they end up getting minimum wage jobs. 
So they don't have a lot of money to spend. They can't spend fifty nine ninety five on a DVD player, but they can spend five bucks to ten bucks. You know, they can't spend three hundred dollars on a thirty two inch flat screen TV, but they can spend fifty bucks. So this is what we do here. We we find these some things at yard sales that people just don't flat want, and I'll pick them up and I'll clean them up, and if I can fix them, fine. If I can't. Hey, I'm only out a couple bucks. I'll throw them away. That's the thing. Now, you might be a, a watch collector. You might work on watches. You might work on DVDs. You might work on small two-stroke motors. You know, you might work on bicycles. People decide that something they own isn't worth anything, and they put it out on the curb and say free, or they sell it at a yard sale, tag sale, garage sale, flea market, whatever. So you go there and you look at the thing and you determine the value and how much you want to spend. Yes, you can listen to the people explain it to you. I don't want to say they're all lying, but like I learned as a kid, I I knew John Wayne when I was a kid, and he taught me something. He said, trust everyone, but brand your cattle. So the same thing, trust trust the people, but verify yourself. So you look at whatever oddball stuff they're selling, and you determine whether or not you want it. You know, you could determine your priorities, determine whether or not you need that crap, <laughs> or are you going to use it someday? You know, the famous thing for us preppers, someday. I went to a yard sale, and for 10 bucks, I bought six complete brand new doorbell sets. $10, right? Damn doorbell cost about $3, the, uh, the button that goes on the outside of the house. And my house, that plastic doorbell button rots out every two, three years from the sun. So for 10 bucks, I got it all. And if you buy one of these kits, one of these full kits at uh, Home Depot, you're looking at about 40, 50 bucks. So my wife goes, what the hell are you doing with that? Well, so far, I've used all five of the doorbell buttons. I'm on the fifth one right now. And our doorbell went out and I replaced it with all the equipment that I bought. So I'm, I'm way ahead. You might not have the place uh, places to store that kind of stuff. So you know, I buy things that I know are going to go bad and I can use them at a later date. Like I bought a pair of shoes strings. Big deal, you say. Well, I use uh, San Antonio shoes. This is what I wear. SAS. Very comfortable. Expensive, but very comfortable. And they have special shoestrings that'll last a long time. You can buy cheap shoestrings over at Walmart, a buck something a pair, but the SAS shoestrings are made to last a long time. They're, they care about it. Lady had a pair, she goes, and, and you look in the yard sale stuff, and whenever you go to yard sale or garage sale, usually you'll find a box on the curb that says free. Guess what? Here's a brand new pair of SAS shoestrings in there for free. <laughs> you bet I snagged them. So you look at the products, you look at them, and you test them, and if it's, a, if, like you say, it's a fan, it's electrical, you ask if you could plug it in. And the whole thing here is you have to evaluate your need, your want, and whether or not it's worth the money, and if it even functions and if it doesn't function, can you fix it type thing. So you've got to do all the evaluations on your own. Try and take $5 bills, $10 bills, some 20s, a handful of ones, and a pocket full of quarters. It's very rude to walk up and see something for a buck and ask the lady if you got change for a 20 or even a 100. I've had some con artists come up and play that game. I got something for a dollar. They go, you got change for a 100? No, I don't. Go away. So show some courtesy. Bring small bills and a pocket full of change. Make sure you got a tub or a box or something. You can put all the small things in. You don't want just the stuff bouncing all over the car. And be courteous. Be respectful. These are This is some person's stuff that you're looking at. Don't pick stuff up and throw it on the ground. Kick things. And if you break it, you, don't, you know the saying, you just bought it. So man up. And if you break something, then you just pay for it. You don't even question it. I saw a woman break a, a piece of pottery. She had a $10 price tag on it. And this is a stupid thing to do. You know how most of you women don't carry purses, you carry luggage? 
she had this big purse that was probably about two feet by a foot and a half <clears throat> over her shoulder, and it was sticking out behind her a good foot. She turns around, hits this this little vase, and knocks it on the ground, and shatters into a thousand pieces. That's ten dollars. So she apologized and 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 offered to clean it up, and she goes, "I'll uh, I'll buy it, whatever whatever it was. I don't even know." And uh, the person hosting the sale said, "You can have it for two dollars." So just remember the courtesy, remember the respect. Do not insult somebody just because they say no. It's their right to say no. We go to yard sales up here. See, this is a this is a different area. This is different up here. We got a lot of tourists. We got a lot of people from California, and we have a lot of what they call snowbirds. You know, they live in in Arizona. They come up here for the for the summer because see, ninety degrees up here is a hell of a lot better than one hundred and twenty in Phoenix. A lot of golf courses and all of that up here. But but you get people up here having yard sales. They move up here. They still think that they're in uh, San Francisco or Los Angeles, and they will put things out at high retail. I know what that's worth. I know that that cell phone is worth one hundred and eighty nine dollars. And I only use it a year. Yeah, well, honey, up here, they give them to you free if you sign a year contract. I'm sorry. Put it on eBay. Get get your $25 out of it, and that's it. So, of course, you get some people, and don't waste their time telling them that, that they're overpriced, because they know it. You know, sometimes I get out, I get out at, uh, we go to yard sales every Friday. I get out of the car, I walk up, I, the very first thing I look at is, is uh, I, I, oh, like a snow shovel. Brand new is $12, and the person has $15 on it, and it's used. I just turn around and get back in the car. Because it's like, why would I waste my time? So that's the thing. But the thing is, be courteous. Now, do not go to yard sales driving a one-ton crew cab dually pickup towing a trailer. Now, why would I say that? What do you think? There's some inconsiderate buffoons up here that do that. Just be courteous. Do not park in the street. You know, park like normal. We have people who stop in the middle of the street. They stop in the middle of the street, leave their vehicle running, get out, and go into the yard sale. Well, knowing me, I'm going to have a word to say about that, and I've ordered people to get in their cars and get the hell out of the way. I'm not nice about it. Be courteous always. Be respectful always. If you can't park safely, don't park. We have people that will simply nose in and leave the butt of their vehicle sitting out in the in the street. Just be respectful. That's all I that's all I ask and that's all everybody wants. There's probably more to it, but every area is different. It's like Christmas. You you have no idea what you're going to get. You have no idea what you're going to find. And I mean that literally. I bought a I love artwork and I bought a picture. It's in a frame by 12 by 16. It's a lithograph of a of a um, drawing of Maine. And it's uh, two, number 250 or 500. And I paid five bucks for it. The frame is worth more than that. It's a beautiful little oak frame. So I get it back here, and I have an art dealer come in and look at it, and she goes, it's it's about $150. I, she said, uh, I would pay about $95, $90 for it. So you don't know what you're going to get. But then again, you might know. There are a lot of people from Seattle that come here who are art, uh, uh, art collectors, who are collectors, period. They have antique stores. And they buy stuff. They don't even question it. They'll buy everything. And if I had the room, I'd buy a lot more than I than I am. But that's the thing. And if you're looking at the ads and you're looking in the newspaper or a th- one of the throwaways, like the Penny Saver or the Nicholsworth or something like that, and it says yard sale 9 to 8 or 9 to 5, don't show up at 8 o'clock. You don't know what's going to happen, but most of the time they're going to tell you to get the hell out of there. I say my yard sale started like 8.30. And you get the professionals these are the guys that do this for a living. They buy products, they buy stuff at yard sales cheap. They'll jew you down like crazy, and then they'll put it. They'll have a yard sale, or they have a store, and they mark it up high as possible. 
I, I got no problem with them pricing stuff like that. I got no problem with that. That's you know that's what merchants do. But they want to beat everybody. I have I've had people show up at seven thirty, and we're just finishing our donuts. That's tradition. Yard sale. We got donuts, and uh, I, I tell them we're not open. Well, can I look around? No, you can't. You, you know we're having a yard sale because you looked in the paper. Then you know it opens at eight thirty. I'm not coming back. I don't give a damn. Get out of here. I'm. You know when somebody commits something so flagrant and rude. I'm not going to patty cake with them. I'm not going to be tolerant. I want them to know that they screwed up. So anyway, that's basically going to a yard sale. Now, what about you're going to have them? How to have a successful yard sale. First off, don't take cardboard and put thick cardboard over a couple sawhorses and then place your stuff on that. That's kind of stupid. Get tables, okay, or sturdy, something sturdy to put your items on. Be careful. Remember Murphy's Law. If it can fall, it's going to. So don't pile all the glassware right at the edge of the table where somebody with a big purse can come by and knock it down. Don't put stuff out that if it falls down, it'll break in the wind. Take a look at what the weather's going to be like that day. We had gusty winds here in Coeur d'Alene at up to 35 miles an hour on a Saturday. I went to one place, had beautiful artwork, uh, framed pictures, and they had set them out at 8 in the morning in the front yard, leaning against some cardboard boxes, and then the wind kicked up. Half of them went down to the next door in his lawn, and the glass broke in the front. I'd say that's You just throw away your, your artwork at that point if it gets all torn up. And that's another thing. If you're going to sell pictures or paintings, do not put them in the sun. They will fade. And if you've got a $50 picture that you think is worth, you, you, you paid $250 for it, you think you can get $50 for it, you put it out in the sun for an hour, it's worth half of what you think it's worth now. Because it will fade out so fast, it's ridiculous. Anything that's colorful, artwork, even tapestries, don't put it out in the sun. Put it in the garage or someplace where it's safe. And speaking of garage, look at your your driveway and your garage. You got grease and oil piles there. Clean it up. Get some kitty litter. Let it soak up and then clean sweep that up and then take some Tide and some water. Sprinkle it around. Stiff brush. Clean it up. Rinse it off and then dry it. Don't have people walking grease, all getting grease all on their, on their shoes. and it, it looks really trashy, and it's really inconsiderate. Get some folding tables if you have some. If you don't, you can make things that are solid enough to use, or you can literally lay tarps down and put stuff on it. I've gone to yard sales where people have thrown clothes for sale on a dirty driveway. I, I don't understand. I just don't get it. On a greasy, dirty driveway. Get some tarps. Harbor Freight. Five to ten bucks. If you got nice clothes, hang them up. Again, be be careful where you set your stuff because stuff can fall. Don't and don't do anything as dumb as say, "Oh, I have all these rings I want to sell. Let me put them right out where people can see them." No, that's they're going to disappear that way. And there's a lot of criminals out there. You'll have four or five people come to a yard sale that somebody has already scoped out, and two or three of them will take your attention off to the side, talking about some nonsensical stuff that you have for sale, while the other two are pocketing some of the more valuable stuff. Never leave your yard sale alone. And it's always smartest to have a minimum of two people totally working it. In case you've got to go to the bathroom, one can go in, the other can watch it. I'm not saying everybody's a crook, but I'm saying there's enough of them out there, and they go to yard sales for this specific reason. They look for people who have a cash box, and they wait for them to turn around, and they'll snag that box. Don't keep all your change on you. 
keep the majority, you know, a good amount on you. If you're going to use an apron or if you just want to stick it in your pocket, that's fine. And then keep your cash box or Tupperware container or whatever you're going to use to keep your money and keep that out of sight back further in the garage. So it's just using common sense, setting up the, the, the how you're going to sell. Now, realize this. People like mysteries. So if you have boxes of crap, of all kinds of weird stuff, sometimes not even setting them out is, is better because people will dig through this stuff. And they'll line up to dig through this stuff. Now, my viewpoint is the most important thing is, is how you advertise. First off, you can put your ad for free in, uh, I don't care where you are in the United States, there's Craigslist. Go on Craigslist, Craig's, C-R-A-I-G-S, list.com, and on the right-hand side, find out where your city is, your state, your city, or the closest city to where you are. And then you just make an account, and they don't care who you are, just make an account, and you can advertise your yard sale there for free. And many people read Craigslist, probably 20% of the population. You can also put it in the in the throwaway, supermarket throwaway papers. Like here, it's called the Nicholsworth. In Los Angeles, it was the Penny Saver. It, it's a Penny Pincher. Or, it's, you know, all of these papers, these are the ones that you go to the supermarket on the way out, you see 500 of them piled in a, on a rack. You can put your ad there. You put the date you're having it, the times you're having it, and then list some of the, the, the cooler stuff. And if you have some very expensive things like stamp collection, coin collection, car for sale, you can put your phone number in there also. Okay, that's some of the way. Now, now normal newspapers, and this is true, normal newspapers are dying. People just flat aren't reading them, and they're not using them. If you want to spend the money and put an ad in your local newspaper, go right ahead. You might catch one or two people. Most people don't even waste their time looking at them anymore. The important thing are the signs. This is where most people screw up. We have seen people use colored paper, 8 by 10 8 by 12 piece of paper, and write their sign, you know, yard sale, and then the address, and then the arrow, and then staple it on a tree. And the instant the sun hits it, the paper just folds in. Or the wind hits it, paper tears and rips and flies off. Common sense is not common anymore. You want to make a sign that people can see, and that is simple. My signs are simple. Say yard sale, and then an arrow. That's the important part is the arrow. If you just said sail and an arrow, that's all you had to do. The arrogance of the millennials up here. There's this big, I mean, this thing's like three foot by four foot yard sale said sign on the street. And it says yard sale, all of this stuff, and uh, then it gives an address. And it has one arrow to the right. Cool. So I think at least they're smart enough they got an arrow. Don't load up your sign with everything you're selling. Nobody cares. All they care about is yard sale, what direction. You could always put the date. Like 628, 629, or something like that. So we turn right, and we're going down the street, and there's no other signs. And up here, you'll go a mile, two miles. No, no sign. Turn around, come back, no sign. Nothing off the main, off that street. And my son looks at the address up on his cell phone, and he goes, "It's, it's four blocks to the right, two blocks to the left. So we go there. And I walk up and I say, you, you, don't, you have only one sign out. She goes, oh, that's all anybody needs. Everybody looks up the address on their cell phone. I go, what? Everybody looks up the address on their cell phone. So people, while they're driving, they see that ad, they see the address, and they start texting and looking or doing, you know, with their cell phone with one hand while they're driving, looking up the address. She goes, oh, yeah, I didn't say anything else. I just left. Arrogance plus ignorance equals stupidity. So you make your signs, and there's different ways... My signs are made on cardboard. Now, well, actually, what I do is I have colored paper, 
like bright orange or fluorescent pink, and I print black thick letters. Says yard sale. Arrow to the right, arrow to the left. Then I laminate it. So it's waterproof and it's fairly sturdy. But then I tape it onto a piece of cardboard, and then that's my sign. It is solid. In fact, I could probably knock someone out with one of those signs. And then you take that sign, and you you figure out how many signs you're going to need. How many signs am I going to need that with the arrow pointing to the right? How many signs with the arrow pointing to the left? That's what you think you're going to need. Now, how are you going to put the signs up? Do you have wooden telephone poles to put them on? Do you have steel? Do you have concrete? Do you have trees? Most poles where where people would put signs that are wooden, they have nails in them already. And you could take a hammer with you and pull out the used nails and use them again. Sometimes it's concrete pole or it's a steel pole. Well, I'll also take duct tape or the steel clothes hangers. I got they're so rare now it's uh, I hate to have to tear them apart. Or you can get baling wire and use that. And you just figure out how to you poke a hole on both sides of the sign, put a little piece of wire through one side, curl it over so it's tight, wrap the baling wire around the pole and then put a little piece through the other hole and pull it tight and cut off the excess. So you figure out how it's going to mount and how many signs you're going to need. Make sure the signs are real though. Make sure these signs people can read. One of the problems that people have when they make signs is they put so much on there. I've seen people draw maps on these signs. Now, how the hell are you supposed to read a sign like that when you're going 40 miles an hour or more? So again, follow the KISS formula. Keep it simple, stupid. Yard sale and an arrow. And don't draw an outline. This is things that people do. Take a white piece of paper, poster board or something, and using a pen, draw the outline of a letter. See, you, you, your outlines are fine as long as you fill it in with black or red or what have you. So make sure your letters are bold enough that people can read them at a distance and the arrows can be seen. Don't get into the artistic garbage. Again, follow the KISS formula. And if you make your signs like I do, 8.5 by 11 pieces of paper, different colors, you know, I, I use bright yellow, bright orange, bright pink, and then I put thick black letters on there yard sale and an arrow to the right or to the left that's it that's all i do and then i put the signs up i use them for many years and that's another thing when you're done with your sale take your signs down some cities it's actually illegal to put signs up but most of the time they ignore them but they don't ignore it if it's still up the next week in sacramento there was a 50 dollars fine if your sign was up more than three days and they made over two thousand dollars a year fining people so be courteous again and respectful and considerate take your signs down i gotta tell you i I lived in hollywood many years back i managed an apartment complex in beverly hills right behind barney's beanery it was right behind barney's beanery and i had a yard sale and i had taken my hammer my pliers and a wire and and i'd gone and i put my signs up where they needed to be and there was this place on hollywood boulevard it was a automotive store and I put my sign up on the telephone pole right outside of his business and this guy comes out and he starts giving me a ration of garbage about how he has to pay $150 to put a temporary sign out there and yet people yard sale guys can put a sign up and leave it up there for a couple days and he's tired he's probably going to rip down my sign and I turned around to him I said I'm 250 pounds and I got a hammer in my hand and you're telling me that crap you touch my sign and we're going to dance he didn't touch my sign but you know if you're going to do something like that say something like that don't say it to the guy's face or crying out loud (laughs) the whole thing here is consideration 
common sense, okay? Use your common sense. Don't set yourself your stuff up to where it can fall and break or get stolen. Don't ask more than this stuff is actually worth. You know, if you really want to get top dollar, and here's the here's the plus thing. If you really want to get top dollar for your garbage, put it on eBay. Because then you have the whole world to draw from. Of course, you pay 10% of that to eBay. So if you think you've got something that's special, put it on eBay. Take some good pictures of it, put it on eBay. But we're talking about yard sales now. So advertise your sale properly as best you can. Put it on all the free papers you can. And by the way, if you're into that NSA intelligence gathering website called Facebook, they have, what do they call them? They, they have these websites that they can go and, and advertise stuff, local stuff for sale. There's all kinds of different websites out there. There's all kinds of them out there. If it's free, use it. But you can go Craigslist. That's the simplest thing to do. Look for your, your throwaways. Go to the, any Safeway or large supermarket. Now, on the way out, you'll see these, these trays, these bins of all these throwaway newspapers. Pick up one of each and then see. Most of them are free. Free for you to advertise or, or cheap for you to advertise. Like the nickels worth cost me seven dollars, six or seven dollars to advertise for the yard sale, and that's a good investment. Make sure your signs are competently done and readable. Keep them simple. Don't put everything on them. Some of the things people put on their signs are just mind blowing. I like the one we just saw. It says, "Put my junk in your trunk," and then an arrow. <laughs> that was good. I loved that one. All right, so I want to talk a little bit here about our store because that's why I can do this show is because I sell stuff and that pays me to do the show. We're in Hayden, Idaho on Government Way. We've been in business 35 years and we've gone through different things. I was a master gunsmith for 25 years. We were the second largest food, emergency food supplier in the United States for many years. And then when the manufacturers realized they could go direct to the public and make more money, well, they did, which shut out all us little guys. Even uh, some of the largest ones are out of business. My uh, good friend was uh, the freeze-dry guy. He's disappeared. He's gone. He's toast. His family's gone. That's it. They're out of business. And they had warehouses in three cities. So we've changed, and we've always been in nutritional products, and we have s- settled in that area now. And I do, uh, being an investigative journalist, I have spent many, many, many hours investigating the products that we carry. I don't carry anything just to make money. We don't do that. That's, I mean, I could I could be a millionaire a dozen times over if that's what I did. We sell stuff that people need. We sell stuff that people can use. Just to give you some ideas. Oral problems, mouth problems, gum problems, teeth problems. We have Uncle Harry's toothpaste, which is the base of it is bentonite clay. This is the best toothpaste in the United States, as far as I can find. If I find something better, then I'm going to carry it. Not only does this stuff help lightly, and I mean lightly, whiten your teeth, it has antimicrobials in it. It has colloidal silver, colloidal minerals, oregano oil. It's phenomenal stuff, and it's extremely concentrated. It's on our website, and our website is se1.us, so that's Samuel Edwards, the number one, dot US. And you click on health products or nutritional left-hand side, and you can see what we got. We have colloidal silver. It's not run-of-the-mill. The machine to make this stuff is $1.5 million. And it's not my machine, I can tell you that right now. It belongs to a company. We've been buying from them for 20 years. I didn't believe in colloidal silver till this stuff cured my foot fungus that I picked up in Vietnam. And this wasn't normal foot fungus. This was the um, some kind of hybrid Vietnamese gonorrhea toe rot. I, I don't know what they, they call it, but they gave me shots and pills and drugs and everything. Nothing where colloidal silver killed it in two weeks. And that was 20 years ago. We have the strongest anti 
antimicrobial known to man. It's And it's pure. It's imported directly from Turkey. Oregano oil. We carry that. We carry, oh, three different topical pain relievers. In fact, one of them has three different snake venoms in it. I carry a line of sublingual pills. These are pills that go under your tongue because there's a lot of people out there that cannot take pills or capsules. So the, that's what these are for. 100% daily vitamins, B12, B6, folic acid, D3, uh, melatonin, DHEA, this stuff like that. We have our own line of vitamins. These are uh, the Infinity brand. If it is Infinity, it is the strongest that you can get and it has the best prices. Our prices are beyond compare. We have the best prices in the United States. We're not here to get rich. We're here to help people. And that's what we do day in and day out. We're closed on Sunday and Monday, even though the phones are open every day till uh, 8 o'clock at, n- at uh, night Pacific time. Remember that, Pacific time. So don't be calling me at 5.30 in the morning or, or 10.30 at night, Pacific time. And I'll give you the number in a, in a minute. That's what we do. We're here to help people. Being a talk show host, you've got to watch your throat. There's a friend of mine, good friend of mine, Vinny, USA Prepares. He's on GCN. Last year, got a cough so bad, he tore his stomach. I found out about it, called him up. I'm all pissed off because he didn't tell me. That's what we do is help people. So I sent him a bottle of this uh, old Indian wild cherry bark syrup. One dose, whew, stop the cough. This is not lightweight stuff. We don't sell lightweight stuff. You want? You have, a, you have a thyroid problem? I have a product here that was invented by a doctor in the 1800s to cure thyroid problems. Hyperthyroidism, hypothyroidism. It's called Lugol's iodine. It's right here. Doctors know about it. They're not going to tell you because they don't make money at it. So I have it here. And it's on the website. We have a line of hypoallergenic soaps, five-star soaps. It's, it's hypoallergenic and it's extremely concentrated. And of course, we have our line of CBD. And CBD, you guys don't know it, but you will. It works on all mammals, from mice to moose, dogs, cats, horses, goats, sheep. You got an arthritic dog? This is easy. This stuff works on them real well. Just the oil, you know, as long as you get it in them in their mouth. Even put it on their food. You have a neurotic cat? Well, we can take care of that too. And all humans. The stuff is is a lifesaver. But anyway, we have people all day long. People would come in, and I love it when this happens. An example, a woman comes in, the woman has multiple sclerosis, and she's shaking and nervous and in pain, and uh, and I'm talking to her about this, and I'm giving her all the data and telling her what this stuff does. And I, our website, if you want to go to it, is uh, cbdsupply.us. Charlie Bravo David Supply.us. You go there and you read the links. And I have an article I wrote for the newspaper here. Uh, it's it's on there. And the links are at the top of the page. And the, the bottom link, and I think it's titled CBD, The Myth, The Truth, and Barnum and & Bailey. Because it's a fad, right? And every corner coffee hut is selling this stuff. Except they're not selling this stuff. What we have is different. And we'll talk about that later. And you can find out about that on the website, in fact. But if you read that article, nothing else that but that article and followed a couple links that are in it, you'll know more than 95% of the people in the United States about CBD. It is real simple. The company is Survival Enterprises. You go to se1.us. That's Samuel Edwards, the number one, dot U.S. And you can uh, poke around there and see the stuff that we got. You can call us seven days a week. Call us seven days a week at 800-753-1981. 800-753-1981. If we don't answer the phone, uh, you can leave a message. Uh, But generally, the phone is answered from 9 a.m. till 8 p.m. seven days a week. Unless I'm out at the casino having dinner. And then you're on your own. We're here to help. And that's that's what we do. And that's what I'll probably be doing until the day I die. But I, I was telling you, the woman was here today, and she multiple sclerosis, and she's shaking, and she's she's concerned because there's so much hype and crap about CBD. And I'm ex- 
explaining to her the reality of it. And I have a little flyer I hand her, and I say, this is why this is different. This is why this stuff will help you. And while I'm talking to her, three separate people come in. They interrupt, say, excuse me, can I have a bottle of the the, uh, 750 milligram, please? Okay, here. Another guy, can I have a bottle of the 1500? Here. Another guy goes, do you have, can I have some critter care, please? That's for the dogs. Yes, boom. And she's asking each one, what what does that do for you? And this one guy, he just, and this is a $150 bottle. He looks at her and says, I wouldn't be walking if I didn't have this. Because he has a a spina bifidiitis or some some kind of a spinal cord deformation that's causing intense pain. And the next woman has anxiety. This is easy. This stuff, that's easy. You got anxiety, that's easy. And so she goes, I have anxiety. It doesn't, not anymore. As long as I use this, I take five drops a day, boom, I'm done. I'm done with it. And the other one says, I have a 13-year-old lab that had hip dysplasia. The doctor said hip dysplasia. You're going to have to operate or just ignore it, let it die, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, the hell with that. I started giving him this, and now the dog thinks he's a puppy again. So we have different products, all right? Now, I don't know where all you guys live, but I can tell you that you're going to start seeing more and more yard sales, tag sales, uh, flea markets, uh, garage sales, as people need money to pay for their $15 hamburgers that McDonald's is going to be selling soon. Well, this is the Armchair Survivalist. I hope you learned something. Keep your nose in the air and your ear to the ground. Hopefully I'll see you next week.